Welcome to the Small Waller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who, man, you've been really up in your game on the steak tacos. I love them every time you make them. Uh, his name is Brian Siegel. How are you doing? Trevor, again, back-to-back weeks of great intros. Uh, thank you for the uh, the compliment. That was very nice. I wasn't expecting that at this uh, early stage in the morning. You're in a very dapper mood this morning. It's it's Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. You're in a dapper mood. You're, you know, dapper you got any uh, crazy plans for today? I do appreciate the steak taco. Uh, yeah, well, the steak tacos compliment. were on my mind, so I just... I also would know, like steak tacos. <laughs> um, they're on my mind right now. I'd like some probably right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, as far as today, well, we're doing this podcast, obviously recording yep. Sunday morning. So that's nice. Looks like it's going to be a, a great day. And yeah, I mean, after this going to go hang out with my dad, uh, just chill, maybe, uh, get something good for dinner. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the father's day routine, you know, yeah. podcast, go hang out with the dad. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been doing that for a couple of years now. That's been the routine. Um, but this will come out today. So you got a little, uh, you know, on your, your, your guys drives back from uh, your family's house. You'll be able to get a nice listening, mm-hmm. um, which is good. Um, but yeah, steak tacos on the subject. I, I, every time I make those, I love them. It is my favorite thing I make. Um, and I, I, I want, I feel like I'm in like this constant need of wanting steak. It's the steak's not good for you. So like, it's like, you know, every once in a while it's fine. But when we have those steak tacos, I munch on those things. Yeah. I destroy them. Yeah. It's like you have. You make like your initial three, and then you're like, "All right, how many more do I want? Do I want two more? Do I want three more?" <laughs> this is what I do. This is literally yeah. what I do. Well, yeah. the only reason I make three is because that's all that fits on the plate. It fits on the plate exactly. <laughs> if I had a bigger plate, I'd make I put more than three on there. You know. Yeah. I feel like when we make them, it's a minimum five. It's a minimum five. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, maximum. T- I've I've reached seven before. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Hopefully, we'll make those again soon. Um, but all right, interesting pod today. We have no Ben O'Brien on. This is less than surprising considering how big of a slacker he is. Um, and at this point, Trevor, you know, um, you know, I, I, I typically hold Ben in third place on the podcast, um, out of the three members that are on it and I'm demoting him, which you might say, Brian, that's not possible. Uh, there's only three people you can only demote. No, I'm putting Casper, the friendly ghost who's here next to us right now over Ben. Ben is now in fourth place. Um, this is horrible. He's been out, I think. Uh, nine of the last what ten weeks? I'm pretty sure he's been out. Um, so that's a ten percent uh uh you know uh, attendance rate. I think that's over exaggerating. I gotta defend Ben so. a little bit. I don't think that's. I don't the think case. there's any reason he's to missed defend a couple ben. here or there, but you know, you know it's fine. It it's no, fine. it's 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 all good. Obviously, I'm joking. Um, so yeah, Benny, without us today, we're sad. Hopefully, you'll come back next week, Ben, and you won't hate us and come back. Um, but like I said, great podcast here today. We actually have some small talk. The first subject, I, I'm sure you don't want to talk about so much, but yeah. it's pretty big sports news. We do unfortunately need to talk about it. Uh, Bob Huggins was in the news actually yesterday, um, and uh, not for a great reason. I feel like Bob Huggins over the last like three, four years has only been in the news for bad things. Um, I wouldn't say he's at the peak of his coaching career, um, but yesterday – I, I think it was yesterday, maybe it was two days ago. He got arrested uh, for a DUI in Pittsburgh. Um, he blew, I think, a .2, which is pretty high, <laughs> or a .02. I don't know. It was it was high, whatever he blew. So rough, rough one for him. Um, uh, and he has resigned as the head coach of the West Virginia Volunteers. He's been there. I mean, he's been there for like forty years or something, right? 
Well, he's been at West Virginia since like the mid, since like I think 2009, I want to say 2008, 2009. So he's been at West Virginia for about 14 years. But before that, obviously, you know, he coached at Cincinnati for a while. So he's had a long coaching career in general, for sure. Yeah, I think uh, it's, I mean, obviously, this isn't a good situation at all. But it's probably, we're probably getting pretty close to the time that Bob Huggins should have been out at West Virginia. Um, they haven't had an enormous amount of su- success recently. Um, and I, I think, honestly, I think this is probably good for both parties. Maybe you disagree. Well, it's not good because, uh, you know, I think with Bob Huggins, he was, it's starting to get to the point where it's like, yes, the question, when is he going to retire? At some point, he's probably going to retire, you know? Um, and we just kept going on and on. He wasn't, he kept staying. Um, and now instead of him just retiring peacefully with no controversy, you know, this is how it is. He resigns after getting a DUI. I mean, it's terrible, um, obviously. And there's been other stuff recently about Bob Huggins as well in the news in the past, like, few months. So it's just not good. It's not what you want to see as a West Virginia fan, um, as I am. And, and just in general, it's not good um at all so now West Virginia has to kind of start the coaching search um the coaching search that was going to come at some point whenever he chose cho- chose to retire but now and it's a little bit different circumstances so it's going to be tough you know West Virginia you know they've still been all right here and there um but the last team they had that was a really solid team that had a real chance of you know, making noise in the tournament was back in 2018, I would say, um, when they did have a really solid team. They lost to that championship Villanova team in 2018 that went on to win the title, um, unfortunately, against your Michigan Wolverines. Sorry, sorry to mention that. Um, but yeah, so West Virginia over the past five years has not been, I think, by their standard, I think they've, you know, underachieved. I think they haven't been that great. Um, that, that's my opinion, at least as a West Virginia fan. I think they've underachieved based on what I expect. And um, yeah, now they get to look to see if they can get um, a good coach to come in. I'm not really sure who, who the coaches that they would be deciding between. I'm going to, I'm going to look into that today probably, Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see. It's just unfortunate that it ended this way instead of like a celebratory retirement type thing. Yeah. I, I a hundred percent agree. And I I think as a non-biased, not West Virginia fan, they have definitely not, been up to their standard of basketball. I mean, they're not necessarily in blue bud talks, but they, they are a higher level basketball program and they, they should definitely be doing better than what they've been recently. So mm-hmm. perhaps um, it, it was, you know, West Virginia was like, all right, time to move on anyway. Um, and obviously the last couple months have been a, a rough few months for Bob Huggins in the news. Um, but let's move on here. We have the U.S. Open, which is currently going on. Um, and right now I'm about to pull up the little leaderboard here. Who do we have? In- we got a tie, uh, Wyndham Clark and Ricky Fowler, uh, both at 10 under. So they're, uh, you know, tied going into the, the final day, final Sunday here. See if we can get Ricky Fowler in the Oklahoma state orange, uh, head to toe. Um, you know, we got Rory McElroy in third, who I kind of am rooting for personally. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's a close race, so that's good. I was watching a little bit of the tournament last night. Um, so, you know, we, we obviously talked about the whole merger thing and how that's kind of stinks, but I still try to at least keep up to date on, on the major tournaments. Again, we're, we're not huge golf fans here, or at least as far as watching it, we're not super golf fans. We both like playing it a lot. Um, we're kind of more casuals, but you know, we like to keep up to date on it, obviously. 
Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know if you saw this. The it is in LA, so it's West Coast. But it's the last group goes off at five thirty p.m. our time. Mm-hmm. It's gonna end so yeah late, for us at least. Like I understand that it's you know it's three hours behind. Um, but that's crazy. That ends so late. That's how that's how it was last night because obviously it ended pretty late. Uh, last night, and it's 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 weird because you know you can people go out to bars and they go and they watch football late night or basketball, whatever it is during season. Um, and now you can do that with golf because it's so late. Um, if you're on the East coast, like us, obviously Eastern time zone. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty cool on a, on a Saturday. It's cool on a Sunday. Not, not so much. I think for golf fans, I don't think that golf fans that live, um, in the Eastern time zone or even central time zone, I don't think they want to be staying up, you know, till 10, 11 o'clock, whatever yeah. it is, midnight, maybe. Well, so speaking of time zones, I, I have a, a friend who I used to, I went to high school with and he lived in Arizona, mm-hmm. um, for like a couple of years, like in early high school and like late middle school. And he said like the best was during the end. You'll love this during the NBA season. Yeah. He'd come home from school and the seven o'clock game would be on. It'd be on at four yep. o'clock. And then the nine o'clock game would be right after that. So he'd come home from school, wouldn't do any homework, and he'd watch basketball every single day. Oh man. It, it seems it was like your it's your dream from yeah. four until you went to bed. Because there was there was always two games on both. Which that does sound pretty great. Yeah. I wonder if I wonder if one day I can get to the point where I'll, you know, I'll just live live in Ohio for about oh, 10 months out of the year. But then April through mid-June, I'll move to like the West Coast so that the NBA schedule, the NBA playoff schedule is much more ideal for me. I love how like a normal person, because <laughs> uh, obviously you're not a normal person, a normal person would be like, yeah, let's go in, in December and January to uh, out of Ohio. Yeah, yeah. You know, let's get out of the cold. And you're like, no, no, no. I want to be, I want a, a, the most convenient NBA schedule at the best <laughs> NBA time. So I'm leaving right uh, in the middle of the summer. Yeah. I like that about you though, Trevor. Um, so yeah, a little time zone talk right there. So we'll, we'll move on from golf. We did just want to mention because US Open is a big tournament. Two are more main topics. The NBA Finals is over. Uh, and unfortunately, the Heat did not win. Uh, we had the Nuggets finish it off in five games. Um, so we got Jokic, just the finals MVP, um, some good performance in the finals. So we'll start with just your quick thoughts on the series as a whole and game five. Yeah. So, I mean, speaking to, um, the Nuggets winning, first of all, just, just overall big picture, um, regardless of my fandom, I think the Nuggets winning this, you know, like this is a, this is a good representation of an NBA champion. They, they kind of dominated throughout the playoffs. Uh, they went. They only had four losses throughout the entire thing. Two to the Suns, one to the Timberwolves, and one to the Heat. So they were finished sixteen and four. Uh, they dominated. Um, a team hasn't really dominated in that fashion in the playoffs since the twenty seventeen Warriors. So really good accomplishment there for the Denver Nuggets. They were great throughout, and I think again the whole team wasn't drafted, but the core of this team was drafted to the Nuggets. So I think that's in general, kind of good for the NBA, right? Like, they drafted Jokic, Murray, and Michael Porter Jr. That's They didn't draft Aaron Gordon, obviously. He was with the Magic for a while. But kind of a lot of the main core, especially Jokic and Murray. I mean, Jokic and Murray, they are what make, they are the engine. They are what make the Denver Nuggets go. Without them, the Denver Nuggets are, you know, just one of the worst teams probably in the NBA. 
So the fact that the Denver Nuggets kind of drafted, you know, this core essentially, I think is really good for the NBA and they added around the edges. Now, what I mean by that is I, I think you compare that to a team and we were talking about this brand. I think I mentioned this to you compared to a team like the Phoenix Suns, right? Who, you know, yes, they have Devin Booker who they drafted. They drafted Aiton, but Kevin Durant, who is arguably their best player. I mean, either him or Booker, they got him three months ago. And mm-hmm. so like theoretically, if they just get Kevin Durant three months ago and they go and win the title, that kind of, um, I guess it kind of keeps the whole super team thing. It would be bad in, for in the place, NBA. That know? would not be good for the league. So I think the the way we're seeing like the champions now. I mean, even Golden State last year, um, and the champions we've seen more recently, the Bucks the year before. Mm-hmm. The cores are the core of the team. Obviously, they're adding pieces. You know, the Bucks added Drew Holiday. He's an All Star. The Warriors added Andrew Wiggins, and now this team's adding like Aaron Gordon. But their core is the people they drafted, and I think that's good. And I think that uh, has an incentive for chemistry and kind of goes against the whole super team era per se. Yeah, and I think like if you like every team ever is going to have some guys they add. But I, I think the main thing to hammer home here, like you're saying, like, oh, well, they had this guy, this guy. That makes sense. Every team's going to get guys. The main thing to hammer home is the teams that have been winning are ones that have built their own cores. This is very against, like, things that I've talked about on this podcast a lot. And it's changed my opinion on the NBA. We've talked about this, mm-hmm. um, where it, it seems like home going that talent and really developing talent, gaining, like, solid role players through the draft, through little trades, and really developing your core, you know, two, three guys um is what's winning championships it's what's winning i mean you look at Jokic. Jokic is not he wasn't projected to be a star mm-hmm. he was a second round pick um so i i think that th- this really shows where the nba is currently at in terms of winning championships you can't buy your way to the top like it seemed like you know five six years ago it was like let's just you know spend money in free agency and get kevin durant or mm-hmm. lebron or whoever it doesn't matter it doesn't seem like that anymore and i think that aspect is really really good for professional basketball and the nba yeah yeah i agree um what else was i gonna say um yeah so i mean Jokic and murray obviously getting this title it's it's really good for them um and yeah i mean i think like it's kind of like what we used to see in like the obviously we didn't we didn't see i say we see as in i was alive no we did not see it in the 80s obviously but in the 80s like a lot of teams like you had to kind of um you know you had to go through failure before you could finally you get your title like the bulls it took them multiple years i mean jordan it was a project they, they fell Teams short for multiple years the pistons fell short until they finally overcame like the lakers i think fell short so it's like now the nuggets they've been a team who we were we were bordering on oh the denver nuggets are just a regular season team i think we were if they would have like say they lost to the phoenix suns this year i think the narrative would have been the denver nuggets are a regular season team they can't win in the playoffs i think that's what people would have said um but because they obviously they were really solid regular season team back in what 2020 and then they fell short in the bubble to the lakers the next year obviously they had injuries but regardless like they've fallen short the past couple of years in the playoffs after being pretty pretty solid regular season teams so now they they get over the hump and they you know they're able to get it you know get that championship and that's similar to like not the warriors last year but the bucks 2 years ago it was kind of a similar type of thing where the bucks lost a couple of times before they finally won um with giannis obviously having 
great performances. So that's really cool. As far as the this series itself, the Heat Nuggets, this Game 5, um, I mean, it was kind of a... I mean, it was a good game overall, but I don't think either team really played their best. Um, the Nuggets certainly did not play their best. It was a really good opportunity for Miami to steal that game, and they didn't. You know, they had a lot of opportunities. I think they played it in the style they wanted to. It was a more low-scoring game. It was a more physical game. I think that's the way the Heat wanted it to be. I think that was probably part of the game plan. Um, and it seemed like Eric Spolstra, as far as a coaching standpoint, did everything he could. Uh, but at some point, you need your players to produce. At some point, Jimmy Butler, the star of your team, he has... I mean, if you're going to beat the Denver Nuggets, if you're going to win a title, you have to be awesome. And Jimmy Butler was not awesome. He was 5 for 18 in the game. He had 21 points. He was so good for quite a few games in that Bucks series in the first round. But it, it hadn't been the same thing since, uh, what, game two of the Celtics series. You know, he just hasn't been the same player. So that that's a big reason why the Heat, again, I think they were going to lose regardless. I think the Nuggets were a better team. But I think Jimmy Butler, if he would have been, you know, playing at the same level, I think the Heat would have won at least one more game, maybe even forced a game seven, potentially. Um, but that was one of the reasons that wasn't the case. And also just some of the role players, you know, not getting um, big enough performances from their guards in particular. Max Struess throughout the entire series was not good. Um, he did have 12 points, which was a little bit better in this game five, but overall just not what you want from Max Struess. Gabe Vincent also was pretty bad overall. So the guard play for the Miami Heat overall, just not good. The one, the one thing that I think uh, was good about the Heat you know, in the series overall is I think Bam played really well. He was excellent throughout the entire series, which really, um, you know, is a, I guess gives me hope just for, just for Bam continuing to develop his offensive game. Cause I think that's what we've seen this year. I think Bam has become a better offensive player. I think he averaged his most points of his career in the regular season. And he's kind of carried that into the, uh, the playoffs. So I, I like to see that from Bam. I like that, you know, the jumper is becoming more consistent. He's becoming more aggressive uh, and just, you know, confident in his offensive game on top of him already being one of the best three or four defenders in the NBA, in my opinion. So that's really good for the Heat. It was a good run. It was an improbable run because they were an eight seed. But then the day, you know, you, they fell short. So it's, you know, it's kind of just going to be a, uh, a, a stat people remember. It's like, Oh, you know, who, who are, well, I guess there's two eight seeds now that have been in the finals, the Knicks and 99 and the Heat, but it's just kind of be going to be like, oh, remember when the Heat were in the eight seed and they made the finals and that's kind of going to be the end of it really. But yeah, I, I think when you look at like Jimmy Butler and this Heat team, I, this Heat team did a very unexpected thing and they had a great run, but it, to me, like Jimmy Butler, is, he's a great player, but he's, he's, he's never quite going to be able to like, I think break that hump. Um, and like, I think this playoffs, he, he played so well in some games and some games he was terrible. And that's not like quite what like the number one guy on a winning team, like a championship winning team needs to do. Um, so like, I'm not saying that he need to blow it up and like get rid of Jimmy and get rid of Bam or anything like that. Cause Bam played amazing and they definitely mm -hmm. showed they have the capacity to be a really good team. Um, but you know, like if the Heat are like, we want to win a championship, um, and like, that's the only goal, like, I, I don't care if we're good. I was like, I if we need to rebuild, we need to rebuild, or like whatever the case may be. The, you get what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. My point is, is that I don't know. Like maybe you disagree. I don't know if Jimmy can quite be the number one guy for like on a championship 
team. Like, I just don't think he's quite there. And I think that's kind of the, ultimately was the downfall. It's just like one team just had a talent diff. Like one team's just talent. Is yeah. I, I think that Jimmy being a number one thing is tricky because I think last year he was, and he didn't get enough help. And now this year it felt like he had more help, but he wasn't quite as good. So it, it's weird, right? I, I think last year, the way Jimmy Butler played throughout the, like consistently throughout the playoffs, I think this year, I don't know if it would have been enough to beat the Nuggets necessarily, but it it certainly would have given them a really good chance. Um, you know, but it's tough when you're going against Jokic, who is, in my opinion, the best player. It's like, it's it's just tough. Winning a championship is so hard. So I, I think he can be, but it's clear that the Heat, uh, from a roster construction, they do need to add more because you can look at it from the perspective of like, they made the finals. They're so close. Um but I, I don't know if next year, I don't know if they are super close just in terms of like, yes, they had a good run this year, but I don't know if they can replicate this run with this same roster next year, yeah. I guess is what I'm saying. That's not um, to say that, the, again, this Heat team wasn't deserving. Obviously, they were, and they they beat the Bucks, they beat the Celtics, they played very well. But with this roster, I don't know if it's uh, replicable. I mean, and some of these guys are getting older too. I mean, I Jimmy Butler to say that. I mean, is, Jimmy's he's 33. Yeah. He's Kyle old. Lowry's 36. Um, you know, Kevin loves 34. So they do have some older players and I don't know if Caleb Martin as great as he was in the Celtics series. I don't know if, if he's going to be able to be consistently, um, good at, I don't know how he's going to perform next year throughout the entire season. Gabe Vincent kind of the same. I, I like Gabe Vincent a lot, but I don't know if it's con- going to consistently be like that right so because of the guard play that we saw in this nugget series not being that great for the heat i mean you know who i want brandon you know the player i want on the heat now can they make that happen i don't know it's pretty i unlikely. think that would be so good for them it's pretty I, unlikely. I, if, if no one knows he's referencing damian lillard um they i think they'd win the title if they i i <laughs> they don't you think like if they gave up like in some sort of a trade Jimmy and for Dame, uh, and there'll uh, well, no, be some no. assets. You can't do that. No, I think that would be good. No, I, I, you can't. No, because you're no, because you're taking away other stuff. You can't. But maybe a little you, bit. They're not get, that. But if you get, you have to have them. You have to have them together. You have to. You can't yeah, give up Jimmy. It's probably an impossibility. I also, I also think Jimmy's better than Dame. I, I don't think so. I think so. I think like based I think, on what he's done in the playoffs the past couple of years. Well, you so, can't. But like, look at this year. Like, he, I'm not saying he's the reason they lost, but if he was like 10 percent better, I think they would have made at least the series competitive. They would have won one more game. Yeah. But so my point is, is like, I think like you were saying, well, last year he was that guy, but like a superstar like that and, doesn't and have bad series. games. Well, yes, they do. Not really. The only look at Jokic. Did Jokic have like a really Yo- bad game? But we're talking about it, like exclude Jokic and Giannis. Literally every other player in the NBA is gonna have bad games. But I like think. look at like other superstars like Steph, in their Steph, runs. Steph had Steph has bad games. Steph does have bad games. I I do agree. But like you look at like LeBron and like some of his LeBron great runs. has many bad games. Not now, in, like, nowadays. Their, their championship runs. Not really. Well, yeah, he's the greatest player of all time, Brandon. No, I know, but my point is, is that like when you win a championship, like your team's winning a championship, yeah. you're not gonna have many bad games, especially as many as Jimmy has. That's my point. I'm not like players do have bad mm. games. You're 100 percent right, but then they don't win the championship. 
Yeah, I mean, Steph, I do agree. He, he, I wouldn't say he's the exception. That is a, a good argument against what I'm saying for sure. Like 100%. He definitely has bad games. Steph, I think, is a little bit unique in the sense that, like, on their championship runs, they had three Hall of Fame players, sometimes four. And in that situation, you can't do that. The Heat probably have one, maybe two. And in that case, which that's a more standard team. In that case, you can't have bad games. But you look at, let's look at the Nuggets. Right, right. Um, the Nuggets have one Hall of Fame player, mm-hmm. Jokic. If he has a bad game, like I mean, a bad, bad game, they're not winning that game. Yeah. So that's my point. Is I think like if you are a championship contending team, like a team that is going to win a championship, your star player basically can never have an off night. Basically. And Jimmy, well, Jimmy, they, like they well, can't have more than three off nights. Maybe. But Jimmy's had like Jimmy had like six in these playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So, Maybe so more. Like, I honestly don't know. Because I, I kind of get what you're saying. Because if you look at, like, past champions, like, yeah. like, just, like, the past, like, four years. So, like, last year it was Steph. The year before it was Giannis. The year before, I mean, LeBron Davis both kind of altered. I mean, overall, I think it was LeBron, but, like, they kind of alternated. And then 19, it was Kawhi. And they were all consistently great throughout the finals. So I do kind of get what you're saying. I think if you have Jimmy and, and Dame, it, it's a little bit of a different Well, I don't know how they can get that. Like, I don't think that's possible. Uh, yeah, probably. You're probably right. I think, <laughs> I think Jimmy would like, be the asset they'd have to give up. But I'm saying, like, obviously Tyler Hero's in the trade and maybe Duncan and I don't know how many first-round picks the Heat. But I don't think... If they give all, give if they were to give like Jimmy and some of those guys that you named and picks up, you I don't think that matters. You I think it give, better. You can't give Jimmy. You can't. Ah, uh, I I think it better. If, but if you if you if you give up Jimmy and you get Dame, wh- what does that do for you? The you're lineup construction is gonna be weird. I do agree. Like, you're not any better. You're probably you, you might be worse. I think they are better. You're probably worse. You definitely know more than me. But Jimmy, Jimmy to me, I love Jimmy. And, and there's Jim, games he completely Jimmy's takes over. A, Jimmy's a much better defender than Damian Lillard. I do agree with that. That is a great point. That is one thing the Heat really do have is they have this core. We just like went on this whole rant about the Heat. It's good no, though. No, but it. yeah. Um, but Jimmy does have that that defending ability, which in today's NBA, when you have like a star, which like Jokic is a little different and like Davis is a little different. But like when you have a star guard on another team, which most championship teams do, mm-hmm. you lock that person down. Yeah. And that's really big. Really, really big. And if you, I mean, I think, I just think if you were to give up Jimmy Butler for Dame, that just, your defense is really going to be struggling. I Especially, they still have Bam, but like. I mean, yeah, it's going to be a struggle because a lot of your guards are going to, I think, struggle on defense. I think the, the only um, way they'll be able to get Dame and keep the, I mean, they'd have to do it in free agency. They wouldn't be able to do a trade. Yeah, I mean, it it, it would it, it's kind of utopian, right? It is. I'll yes. admit it. But the fact that Dame has mentioned that he would love to go to, basically, he basically said that he'd love to go to Miami. It's just a matter of i'd be i'd be surprised if any player wouldn't want to go to miami with like heat culture and how good spo is and stuff yeah i think it's i think the approval rating of miami is pretty solid for sure um so yeah i mean it's but the package it would have to be hero and robinson and in first round picks i mean that's essentially kind of what it would be um for portland's now portland probably would they decline that probably but that's just kind yeah, of I don't I don't know why they'd want that. As the Heat represent representative here making the trade offers. I don't think Hero and Robinson what, are great. That's what I have to offer. The alternative is I mean, we've been hearing hearing about Beal uh conversations now, which Beal has a no trade clause. 
So that's obviously kind of makes it a little bit trickier. But, you know, he's in talks with Phoenix and Miami. So I always think like in the NFL when there's no trade clauses and stuff, well, I guess it's not as popular in the NFL, but when like players are, like deciding where to go, I feel like the Heat are like the Ravens in this. We're like, mm-hmm. I always feel like a player will come to the Ravens because the Ravens organization is so strong and they have such like strong people in the front office and stuff. I never feel like there's like a worry where like a player's like, I don't want to be there. You know, like, yeah. I'm not saying like, obviously people are going to choose New York and LA over Miami and Baltimore and Miami's bigger than Baltimore. Well, I'm and, not comparing well in the size. NBA, they're, they're, they might not be, especially players New York. Players want to go to LA and New York. Well, New York, New York, not really because of the ownership. They don't like, that I mean, is true. The ownership's, the ownership's been bad. But my point New though is been that dysfunctional like Miami, I think as like a Miami fan, I'm saying, I feel like if a player's like has no trade clause, like Bradley Beal, like that would be nothing to me. Like as a Heat fan, because like he'll just go to the, like I think he yeah, would just yeah. go to the Heat. They they that's a place players want to play. That's yeah. my point that I'm making. Right. So I think for the Heat, it's not a big deal. In fact, it might be advantageous to the Heat that he has no trade clause. I Did agree. you know he he's actually the only player in the NBA that has no trade clause? Bradley Beal. He's the only. Currently? He's the only player in the NBA. Really? That has no trade clause. It's become a lot more of a rare thing nowadays. It used to be like, yeah, like very back common. in the like day. Five-year deal, like no trade clause. LeBron, yeah. Dwayne Wade. Yeah. A lot of the guys had no trade clauses. Now Bradley Bill's the only one. It's just wow. like not really Great a job for his agent. He, that, he just signed that deal like last year or two years ago, right? Yeah, it's pretty recent. So I, I saw that set the other day. And I was surprised. I was like, he's the only one that that, kind that of does seem me. surprising. Yeah. Yeah, so he is. So the Heat, well, you know, they'll look at Beal. I'd even be interested, and you're not going to get both of them, but I was like, man, I think Porzingis could be a good fit on this Heat team. That sounds like, like if, a horrible player for them. Why? If Porzingis if, isn't good. No, yeah, he's pretty. he was he's pretty good He's dropped off so much. He's pretty, like, if, if you put him, because I think he could play with Bam. I think you put him in the Kevin Love spot, and he's playing with I think you Bam. Could put, you could put me in the Kevin Love spot, and it'd be an improvement. <laughs> Kevin Love's pretty good, um, but Porzingis is obviously an upgrade over Kevin Love. Um, but you put Porzingis next to Bam. That, that's interesting. That's just something I've heard other people say that, and I agree. I think Porzingis is interesting. It, I don't know if it's enough. I still think you need an improvement at the guard spot, ideally. But yeah, I think Porzingis would be interesting. I if they if the Heat managed to just get Porzingis in the offseason, I wouldn't be. I'd be like, all right, this is this is something, you know, this is interesting. Um, but we'll see. Uh, there's probably enough talk about the heat. Um, <laughs> this is now know. a heat podcast, everyone. Um, is Trevor and I breaking down the Miami but yeah, heat? But yeah, I guess back to the Nuggets. I mean, great championship for them. I think, um, you know, Jokic certainly has staked his claim as an all-time great. I mean, I was looking at, let's see, I have the hoops hype list up as far as hoops hype's a really good site for any basketball fans listening to this podcast and they put this was last september they had Giannis actually at number 22 in their list i think Jokic with this championship um is kind of if you look at their careers that's probably the best comparison in terms of like what they've accomplished Giannis and Jokic they both have a title they're both still mid-career they both have a lot of career left um, I think Giannis and Jokic are both like 28 ish. Um, so they're in the same tier. I, I, I would certainly have Giannis ahead of Jokic cause I think he's been better for longer. Um, but Jokic is kind of in that tier now where he's in that Giannis range. And then, then the conversation is how does that compare to some of these other guys? Um, like a Dirk Nowitzki, like a Kevin Garnett, like a Charles Barkley, um, you know, some of the guys like this, uh, maybe a Dwayne Wade, maybe a Isaiah Thomas. 
Um, a lot of these guys that are in this tier, I, I would say probably in like the twenties, maybe even late teens. I, cause I think both of them, frankly, are going to pass a lot of the guys I just mentioned when their career is done. I think it's just a matter of you're comparing guys who are mid career eight years versus guys who finish up their career. So it's, it's probably better if we wait until the end of the career, generally speaking to compare, but it's just like looking at the trajectory right now. I think Giannis and Jokic, honestly, both of them, I think uh, the way it's going, you know, and we'll see, uh, you know, how many more championships they win, what else they accomplish. But I think the trajectory of both of them, Giannis and Jokic, is like at least top 20. I mean, definitely top 20, maybe top 15, maybe even top 10, depending on what they accomplish over the next five to 10 years. I, I think there's going to be a good argument at the end of their careers about being top 10. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll, we'll obviously compare it um, when that time happens. But I, I feel like they've definitely cemented a top 20. I mean, they both led their teams to championships. They're both such dominant players. I, I think we can at least say that. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk about in terms of game five or do you want to get into your uh your all nba playoff teams i think that's pretty much it with uh game five um in the championship you know just awesome accomplishment for the i mean denver fans i mean denver's never they've never had an nba title so great for them um all of them and all their 27 fans <laughs> maybe i don't know um, I actually didn't know they had fans. I'm gonna be honest. Well, I was pretty surprised. Like when I were when I saw the game, the I, I was so surprised. Yeah. And then like when I was really looking, I realized that no one was there for Denver. It was all those people who flew in. They're like, let's go to the NBA uh, finals. You know, big know. airport there. People were like, let's fly in. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Denver. I mean, they go in the next year. They're immediately going to be like the favorite. Oh yeah. I mean, for the most part, they there's no keep, reason for them not to be. They can know? keep like most of their team, if not all. I, I was like reading, they yeah. can basically keep everyone. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, like, some of these, I don't know who, I haven't even looked at who's a free agent, but some of these guys on the fringes, if they are, like, I, I don't know what Bruce Brown's free, I don't know if he's a free agent or Oh, yeah, or he's what, probably, or, I think he's leaving. Caldwell Pope or who, but, like, one of these guys, they might be in a situation where they can get more money from another team. Yeah, so I think it's Bruce just, Brown's probably gone. So, I don't know, like, we'll we'll see. It, it's, it all, it's all going to be dependent on what their motivations are, you know, what they want. Like, they could say, well, I got my championship now, let me just go make the most money. Or they could say, no, I, you know, I like this situation, I love being in Denver, and they stay. So, it's, who knows? If it were me, and I was in a situation where I got to play with Nikola Jokic, I would stay, personally. Um, you I'm know. going wherever the money tells me to go. I, I'd I'd go for more championships if I'm if this is a good basketball fit for me. I get what if to it was a play on the biggest what, stage. You know? What if you were getting two million a year versus fifteen mil? Um, I don't know. It it depends on a lot of different factors. It depends on You're going to Utah. It depends on <laughs> you're going to fifteen million at Utah or two million at Denver. <laughs> it depends on how much money I've already got in my career. Probably uh, two and... million up to this point. Bruce Brown's on a rookie deal, so you got nothing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you going hmm. for the 15, aren't you? I don't know. Maybe. We going for the 15. Maybe. Um, all right, all NBA playoff, all NBA teams, Trevor. I don't know if you how many how many teams do you have? Three. You have so three? All right, run through them. So just like the regular season, uh, they released all NBA teams, first or third. I did it for the playoffs because I think, mm-hmm. you know, it would just be good to like have on record, like, okay, for this year, these were the all NBA playoff teams. I think this is something the NBA should do in general. Right. So we're doing it on the podcast. B- before today. you start, Trevor, can I actually give my all NBA first team? I mean, you're just going to have five LeBrons. 
Um, no, there's not five LeBrons in the league. I was only going to have one player because that's all that matters. I'm oh, only okay. going to have LeBron James on my first team. So one one player, one player. For, for a team. No okay. one else is worthy enough to be on the level. I gotcha. All right, who are your, who's your real All-NBA first yeah. I don't know if you want to start on your first team. What do you want to start on? Um, Yeah, I'll start first team. All right. So f- my first team, so at the guard spots, um, I have Steph Curry and Devin Booker. Uh, I think they were both just fantastic. Obviously, you know, they both re- reached the second round. Um, Would you put, you want to put Murray over one of those guys? So I was debating, right? I, I you're going to see I have Murray second team. Okay. I was really debating. It's just a, you. you know, a conversation between, okay, so Murray played longer. He played through the finals. He was, you know, he was awesome. Obviously he really was, but in general, Curry and Booker, I think both are, I mean, they're better players in general. And yeah. I think they were better in the playoffs when they were playing. That's fair. Uh, and I think they both played, they did still play like 11, 12, 11, 12 games. I think Murray played 20. That's fair. Um, so I decided to go with Kareem Booker. Certainly um, anyone who thinks Murray should be there. I totally understand that. Um, and then so Curry Booker and then I have Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, and Nicole Jokic. Obviously, Nicole Jokic is no brainer. He's the best player throughout the entire playoffs. And then Jason Tatum and Butler I have at the other forward spots. Um, compared to some of the other guys, I think this is this was actually kind of easy selections. Um, I mean, Jimmy Butler got to the finals. He, you know, he wasn't quite as good. He wasn't consistently great. Um, he was awesome in the first round. He went uh, berserk against the Milwaukee Bucks. He had some other good games in that uh, beginning of the Celtics series. So you got to put Jimmy Butler there, and I think you got to put Jason Tatum there. He was really good. Um, despite the Celtics losing in the conference finals, he get, he got his team in the conference finals. He's the best player on one of the best teams. I think you got to put Tatum there. So that's my first team. Um, any objections? I mean, you said maybe Murray, or maybe Murray's an objection that he should be there. Yeah, I... The reason I said Murray, I mean, he just played more games, and he seemed pretty great in, like, all the games he played, but I, yeah. I don't hate the Booker and Curry. I, I think that's mm-hmm. reasonable. I, I don't know if I have too many objections yet besides LeBron not being there. <laughs> That'd be the only one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So my second team, so at the guards, I have Jamal Murray and Jalen Brunson. Um, and oh, then Brunson. Okay, hold on. Brunson. Yeah. Brunson might have, he might, he, maybe he should have, I forgot about it. Maybe he should have been on first team. You think he, he was, was insane. You think he was better in Steph Curry or Devin Booker? I, I'd have to look at it. I, I, I have to really go look <laughs> at the stats. Maybe, he was really good. But, I mean, he was, the, the, like, if, if you put, like, basically anyone else on that, like, they're not winning. He was so good against he the Cavs. He was really good. I mean, so good. It was like, I mean, like if he kept up that form, he would have, they would have won every game. Yeah. I, I'd have to look at the stats a little closer, but I feel like Brunson's a good shout. Yeah, because he also, I mean, his team also went second round, so similar to Booker and Curry in that facet. Um, but I mean, Booker, I think Booker was probably the second best player in the playoffs in general. Booker, looking looking at Booker's stats in particular, Booker went nuts. I, I think behind Jokic was obviously the best player in the playoffs. I I would say Devin Booker was probably the second best player in the playoffs. Um, yeah. So Booker has to be first team, and I, I still lean, I lean Curry over uh, Murray and Brunson. But so Murray and Brunson, and then I have Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, and Bam Adebayo uh, rounding out my second team. So I, basically you could set it up, you know, again, positionless basketball nowadays. Anthony Davis, he could be the four. He played a lot of four for the Lakers anyway, so that's fine. Uh, yeah, Brandon. After uh, reviewing the stats, I will I will take back my claim. Take, take back? Booker was insane. Booker was nuts. He averaged 33 points on 58% shooting. Yeah. That's crazy. That is 
absolutely crazy. Yeah, I mean, the Suns, Bro, the Suns got two games against the Nuggets for a reason. It His three-point shooting, he shot 51% from three. Yeah. He might have been the best player in the playoffs. He was insane. Well, statistically, I mean, it's, it's close. But, I mean, Jokic was the best. But, like, Booker was, he was nuts. He was really good. Yep, I, I so far have, I think you've, you've done a good job with your team, so I agree. Okay. Yeah, so that's my second team. Jamal Murray, Jalen Brunson, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, Bam Adebayo. I'm Bam, I just, I was very impressed with Bam the entire playoffs. Very, he was great. I was very happy with Bam. You know, I, I didn't, I don't expect him to do a ton more than what he did, you know, to be honest. Anthony Davis was also really good. Obviously, the Lakers, you know, getting to the conference finals. I didn't expect them to go to the conference finals. I thought they were going to lose in the first round. Part of that was because I was worried, hey, what if Anthony Davis tweaks his ankle in game three what if lebron gets hurt in game four and it didn't really happen actually there was a moment in the grizzly series where davis did have like a he like went down i forget exactly like what um i don't know if he if he like fell but there was a moment where i think people thought like oh anthony davis might be hurt but then he was just fine like he came back in the second half yeah, against he was the Grizzlies, good. and he was just fine it's like all right anthony davis is cool um and well, then i don't worry with him they won the series. So uh, Davis is there. And then Durant, I do still have um, second team. I think Durant uh, arguably underachieved. Just based I was just about on, to say, I was like, I'm looking at his stats. He didn't play so great. Based on what we expect from Kevin Durant specifically. If, the, if this were some random, if this were Jalen Brown, we'd be like, Jalen Brown was incredible. But it's Kevin Durant and we expect more. So I, I think given the yeah. way Kevin Durant played. He, Kevin Durant, yeah. he shot 48% from the field, 33 from three. That's, yeah. that's rough for him. So for him, that's underperforming. For most other players, it's pretty, pretty solid. Um, <laughs> Which shows a lot. That says a lot about Kevin Durant. Yeah. So that's right, where's, the second where, team. Where's LeBron here? Third team. So here we go. I have De'Aaron Fox and Anthony Edwards as the guards. Um, and then I have Jalen Brown, LeBron James, and Joel Embiid. That's my third team. So who was your who was your your center on second team was Autobio? Yes, I think I'm putting Bam. I'm putting Embiid over Autobio. I don't I don't think so. I th- I mean well, number one. So it's back to the longevity conversation which we were having with Murray yeah. versus like Steph Curry for example. Now I think Curry was pretty like if we're just saying player versus player in the playoffs. I think Curry is still pretty clearly better than Jamal Murray yeah. in the playoffs. I think Bam was pretty comparable to Joel Embiid in the in the playoffs specifically I think he was arguably just as good as Joel Embiid maybe even better um I mean Joel Embiid I think from what we after I mean one MVP right Joel Embiid I think needs to play better than what he played um in the playoffs um in that game I think it was game seven of the Celtics series he didn't touch the ball for like the last four minutes and like not all of that's his fault, obviously, but like regardless, like it is what it is. He didn't touch the ball for the last four minutes. So it's gotta it's gonna kinda fall on him a little bit. Um but yeah, I, I have Bam over Embiid because, you know, his team went to the finals, he played much more games, more longevity. You know, so it's like a better it's a better representation of the second team. And I think he was arguably better than him in general anyway. So yeah. yeah, as I'm like looking at the stats here, they both average around 37 minutes, and Bean averaged six more points, and basically all their other stats are pretty similar. Yeah. Um. So 
for me, I think that just that six point difference. Like if we're just doing, I mean, it's a statistical award at the and end. Bam's of the day. defense. I, I mean, Joel Embiid's a good defender too, but I think Bam's defense is just like next level. I, I think it's. I don't hate the take. I'm just saying I would notch. probably put Embiid. I'd probably put Embiid on the second team. Okay. And then obviously switch LeBron with. I don't care who you switch up with, but he's on the first team too. <laughs> You'd switch him with any one of those five guys. Fair enough. Yeah, just shout out to a couple of these other guys. Darren Fox, yeah. fantastic. I know you I you were loving throughout him. the year. He was so fun to watch in that, you know, Kings Warriors series. I thought the Kings were going to win. Um, well, midway through the series, I picked the Warriors to win. But I, you know, I was watching like the games. I was like, man, I think the Kings are just more talented. So at one point, I thought the Kings were going to win. They had that game four that you know they were all should have won, but they didn't. Um, and then the Warriors end up going on to win the series. And Anthony Edwards as well. Did you see look at Anthony Edwards' stats? He only played five games, right? They got they got bounced pretty early, but he was pretty fantastic. Anthony you Edwards know. averaged thirty one yeah. in five games. He was pretty fantastic. He was pretty awesome. He's number three on here in terms of points. So yeah. All right. Well, we'll move along. It was a great NBA season. Um, but you know what, Trevor? It's time to get some new players in the NBA as we have the NBA draft this coming Thursday, which is like the 20, I don't know, 5th? Nope, 22nd. No. I was way off. Uh, June 22nd, we got the NBA draft. Um, this was a, this is a big draft because, uh, you know, well, I guess the lottery was really bigger because it was, you know, the quest for Victor Wembanyama. Um, and it seems like the Spurs are going to get him. But we do have a little bit of a big three in this draft. In my opinion, there's definitely, just what from what I've read, a, a pretty big, you know, steep drop-off between those top three. Frankly, the top one, then those next two, and then everyone else. Seems like there's a pretty big drop-off. But I'm excited to hear your thoughts on some of these prospects. I know you've done some good research here, Trevor. Um, so NBA draft, let's, let's hear some of your thoughts uh, that we got for uh, coming up here in a couple days. Yeah, so I mean, we got we got to start with Victor Wembanyama. Obviously, he's you know he's going to be the number one pick. Uh, he's going to go to the Spurs, and you know it's going to be interesting to see how he fits with the Spurs because they're a team. I mean, they already have some decent young players: Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell. Um, you know, they're it's an interesting team, and now Victor is going to come into this team. Oh, they even have like Trey Jones as well, that point guard. So. It's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, I, I can't wait to watch the Spurs this year, which I haven't said in a while. <laughs> I haven't said that since probably like 2017, maybe when Kawhi was there. Um, but I'm excited to watch the Spurs this year uh, to see Victor play. Uh, it's going to be a sight to see. And again, I, I don't have really many concerns about Victor Webmanyama on the court. I mean, what he can do in the defensive end, being seven foot four and eight foot wingspan, his ability to shot to, to block shots. I mean, a lot of the times, like he he barely even has to jump to block shots. Like, you know, it, it's just it's kind of wild um the potential of his defense. He and he, you know, he's already shown a lot of that but as he kind of learns the NBA system and he learns like uh, defense and, you know, rotations and, and stuff like that, um, he's going to be just like an awesome defender. Uh, really good, really good shot blocker. Um, he's going to get stronger, obviously. Um, and he's going to be a really good defender because at times, you know, I, I think a lot of people will point out, well, Victor Webanyama, he's skinny. He's super skinny. That's going to be, I think a lot of people are going to say that. If you don't know much about, Victor, you watch a couple clips, you're going to be like, he's super skinny. What if he just gets pushed around by Joel Embiid or Nicole Jokic or whoever? I think, number one, if you're using like the best players in the game as an example of why Victor might not succeed, I think that's 
kind of a bad example because most players are going to get pushed around by Joel Embiid or Nicole Jokic or Giannis in the paint. Um, but I think, you know, yes, he does have to get a little bit stronger. I think he could, um, you know, gain, I don't know, 15, 20 pounds, maybe, maybe 25, something like that, get a little bit stronger. Um, and having that positional awareness, which I think he already kind of has a lot of that. I think he already, um, is, is very, I think his basketball IQ is already pretty good and it's only going to get better. So on the defensive end, I think the sky is the limit for Victor on the offensive end. I mean, we see the highlights, we see the step back threes. We see some of the passes he can make, um, the potentials through the roof. One of the concerns I think that people have is obviously the injury thing. I think that's a fair one given that he is seven, four, the history of seven footers is not that great. Other than that, looking at it, his game, I mean, it's tough. I think just, I guess I just hope that he doesn't settle for too many outside shots. If I'm like really nitpicking and I'm thinking about how Victor's career is going to look, I don't want him to settle for step back threes all the time, if that makes sense. I guess that's just a little nitpick of me thinking about how Victor's game is going to be because I think, you know, if he can develop a really good post game, that's one thing he doesn't. Like he has it a little bit, but not a lot. So if he can develop a little bit of a post game here, um, you know, become a little bit better of a passer, that will add more to his game. And you know, obviously not wanting to rely on those step back jumpers because he can hit them for sure. But that's not something you want to rely on for any player, even the best players in the NBA. You know, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant. You don't want to have to rely on a step back three or a, you know a pull up jumper. Obviously, so very minimal. Uh, concerns there with Vic. He's going to be awesome. I mean, I mean, what do you think? <laughs> I have no concerns about Victor Wembanyama. Yeah. I know the injuries people are like he's skinny, he's injured. He didn't get injured playing in France, really. This year he didn't. Yeah. Um, and all the injuries he's had for that, at least that I was reading about, weren't like these humongous lifelong injuries yeah. that are like at a bottom. He said like a couple, a couple years ago, like minor ones. I so I, I'm not worried about Victor Wembanyama at all. I think he'll be a star very quickly in this league. Yeah. Um, he can kind of do everything. Um, so and I think you made a great point where people are like comparing um you know they're like well what you know he's gonna get pushed around by dolan b who isn't getting pushed around by dolan yeah. doesn't matter so yeah I, I don't i don't care about that at all he's gonna be an absolutely amazing player um and i wish uh the los angeles lakers got him so yeah. he could play alongside lebron james yeah san antonio spurs are a very lucky team we'll see we'll see how they look i mean we're, we're gonna watch together his first game It'll definitely be televised. We're gonna. Watch It'll be televised. Now. We're gonna watch. Um, so other players besides Victor, um, you know, there's there's been a lot of debate about number two. Who who's gonna be taken with the number two pick? The Charlotte Hornets have it. Are they gonna take Scoot? Are they gonna take Brandon Miller? Are they gonna look to trade it? What teams potentially would trade up the number two? There's been a lot of conversations like that recently. For me, if I'm Charlotte, just take Scoot. He's the best player available. He he's better than Brandon Miller. He he's he just is. Watching him on tape, Brandon Miller, um, compared to Scoot. Scoot is super athletic. He can get to the rim. He looks a lot like Anthony Edwards to me. That's been my comp. I know other people have used like the Russell Westbrook, the John Morant. I I'm I'm thinking about Anthony Edwards. Um, the way he's built, he's a little bit shorter than Anthony Edwards, but the athleticism. That's kind of what I look for. And and people will knock the shooting. And yeah, he could become a better shooter, but I think people over exaggerate. He's he's not like that bad of a shooter. He shot 32% in the G League, which like isn't great, but it's not terrible. It's not 
as bad as a lot of these other guards come in the league, you know, and they at college, some of them shoot, you know, 25, 27%. He's shooting 32% this year. So not that bad. He's already shown improvement. Uh, his first year in the G League, he was, a you know, certainly a worse three-point shooter. He's improved already. So I think he's going to continue to improve. Um, I just think he's a very, just from everything I could see watching his interviews, it seems like his work ethic is just like top-notch. And he, I don't know, sometimes you just watch guys, you watch the way they play, you listen to them talk, and you just, you can kind of sense it. Like, this guy is going to be great. And that's how I feel about Scoot Henderson. Sure, he can improve as a shooter. Sure, he can probably, you know, get better as a defender in some ways. Um, but I think Scoot's going to be awesome. And I think regardless of whether you ha you have LaMelo Ball on your team and you're worried about the fit, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think you have to take Scoot. You got to take the best player available. At the number two pick, you can't go on fit. I just, I don't think you can um, unless it's really super close. And this situation is not. I would take Scoot. You know, you can even see how it looks with LaMelo and Scoot for a year. If you don't think it's a good fit, if you don't think it makes sense, I trade LaMelo before I would trade Scoot. And again, we'll see We'll see how it plays out. Scoot's not played an NBA game yet, but I think Scoot's going to be that good. Um, and I have some concerns about LaMelo that maybe other people don't have. I, I think he's better, pretty bad defender. I, I, don't, I don't always love his shot selection. Um, so yeah, th those are my thoughts on the Charlotte pick. Um, but what about you, Brandon? Do you have any uh, thoughts on this number two conversation for the Charlotte Hornets? Here's what I think the Hornets should do. I think the Hornets should trade back one pick. Make it known that like we're taking Scoot Henderson. We want Scoot Henderson. Make it unbelievably like we'll we'll trade back for you because we're comfortable getting out of the player. Try to trade back and sell it low. You don't need to get nine first round picks to trade back one pick. Get like another asset and just get Brandon Miller. If you think if they really think like Lamelo's, they want Lamelo there. Don't draft another guy that's gonna go over that. Try to get a little bit of draft. It doesn't need to be something crazy. You know, get a first round pick in twenty twenty seven. Let them have Scoot. You guys take Brandon Miller. I still, I think that's a win-win still all around um, for everyone. So that's what I would do if I was Charlotte is try to trade back. If they can't trade back, pretend I didn't say anything I just said. Take Scoot Henderson. He's the better <laughs> player. He just is. I, I, The Baltimore Ravens, every single year, they've taken players. I remember when they drafted Marlon Humphrey, and the Ravens did not need a cornerback at all. And they drafted Marlon Humphrey, and Marlon Humphrey is arguably, in my opinion— the second or third most important player on that team. He is so vital and so important. He's a lockdown corner, and I don't see how they could function without him. And I'm so happy they took him. But at the time, Ravens fans were all up in arms like, we don't need a quarterback or cornerback. Why are we taking this this guy? We don't need him, and now he's vital. Take the best player. Take Scoot Henderson in that situation if you can't trade back. So don't don't bluff. Just don't bluff pretty much. Tell them you're taking Scoot Henderson. Don't bluff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one way you can go. I'm interested to see... I'd be or I'd be interested to know what teams really w would like or are trying to trade up to number two to get Scoot because there there's got to be some teams like I don't know are the, are the New Orleans Pelicans one of those teams or the but see I wouldn't go out of the top three I would still try to get one of those there's such a drop off to take one of those top three guys I think it's valuable to take one of those three guys I would only do it if you can get that third pick so just trade back to three. Yeah, from two to three. it's a winning. I I genuinely do think it's a win win all the way around. So you're saying trade? You're saying trade with Portland? So yeah. Okay, so if you so you just say, hey Portland, give us, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm saying See, sell it Portland low. might be Portland might be fine with Brandon Miller. I don't know if they're fine with Brandon Miller. Fine, then they're fine with Brandon Miller. You take Scoot Anderson. You still oh, get, yeah. like it's a yeah. winning. I think all around the Hornets only win in that situation.
Yeah. I mean, I, I agree because I, I love Scoot. Um, but yeah, so I, I think Brandon Miller is, I, I think he's the second best prospect. Um, you know, we have some other guys, Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller is obviously known as a really good shooter. Um, one of the concerns with him early in the season, I think he got better at this throughout his season at Alabama, was uh, finishing, finishing at the rim. Um, you know, a lot of missed layups I remember seeing in the Alabama season with Brandon Miller. He got better throughout the season, but just his ability to finish um, wasn't the greatest. I think defense at times, um, also a little bit of concern, but Brandon Miller, a really good shooter. He's also a pretty darn good passer as well already. Um, he's 6'8", so Brandon Miller to me is you know, the number three guy beyond that. I mean, we have Cam Whitmore for Villanova, super athletic wing. Um, you know, I was watching, you know, him the other day, some of his highlights and stuff, some evaluations. Cam Whitmore, I think is really solid. I know some people really love Cam Whitmore. Sam Bassini at the athletic, um, has him number three ahead of Brandon Miller, actually. Um, so he loves Brandon, uh, Cam Whitmore. I know other people do, uh, the Thompson twins. They're, they're a big talk. Obviously the Thompson twins, a man and a sore, they played it overtime elite, which, you know, playing it overtime elite, you know, obviously I think a lot of people, including myself are like, well, who did they, who, what's the competition level in overtime elite? I don't know. I didn't watch any of their games because I don't, I don't even know how I would have watched their games. So the competition level that they played against, I think is, I think is a fair concern. Like what was the competition level they were playing against? At overtime elite now, a men and a sore. They're both super athletic. Um, they both seem like great kids. Um, you know, some interviews I've heard. Anyone on a podcast I've heard talks about talk about the Thompson twins. Um, they all just say that they're like super great dudes. Uh, they seem like they're super hard workers. Just overall, they seem awesome, and they seem like guys you'd love to have on your basketball team. I'm a little bit worried because neither of them seem to be a great shooter. In today's NBA, shooting is obviously very important. If a men Thompson, you know, is shooting 27% from three, I don't know. Am I really going to take him over, uh, you know, a Brandon Miller or I don't know, some of these other guys you have, uh, you know, available? It's tough, but they are super athletic. A men Thompson, particularly his athleticism through the roof. I've heard. People talk about how he's going to enter the NBA and be like a top 10, top 15 athlete in the NBA. So that'll be pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall in this class, there's a lot of guys that are um, after that. I think there's a top three, right? We talked about this before, Brandon. Victor, Scoot, Brandon Miller. Um, at four, I'd probably put Cam Whitmore. But if you keep going along the line, I think it becomes very wide open. I think that there's going to be a lot of uh, dis dissenting opinions when it comes to certain prospects. I think there might be one guy like say Casey Wallace, for example, there might be one team that's like, Oh, we think Casey Wallace is like the 10th best player in the class. And then another team might be like, no, I think he's like 22nd. I think that there's going to be a lot of di difference of opinions. And you might, if you're looking at mock drafts or, or you have the past couple of days, you might see a guy who's ranked 10th or 11th, he might fall to the second round. It's possible. I think that's how this draft is going to be. It's very wide open. Um, I, I don't know if I'd say this is like a stronger or a weak draft. I think it's, it's really strong at the top. I think other than the top to me, see it, it kind of feels weak, but I don't know. I'd have to actually compare it to other drafts, but Brandon, what are some of your opinions? Do you have any prospects or any any guys in this draft that really stand out to you or just any any thoughts? 
outside the top three, I don't really think so. I mean, I can speak a little bit on the Michigan guys. We have Kobe um, Bluff, Bufkin. Yeah, Co- Kobe time, Bufkin. Right? And Jet Howard um, mm-hmm. that are like projected top 15 guys. Uh, I don't understand the Kobe Bluff kid love so much. I, I know you were saying he's just kind of like a complete player. Like he doesn't do anything great, but he doesn't do anything bad. Jet Howard, I understand more. He's more of a natural scorer. He feels to me like um, like where he's potentially getting drafted is it's ADP and mock drafts um, kind of makes sense to me. I, I really like Jet Howard. And I think he did a lot of good things in Michigan. Uh, don't understand Kobe quite as much, um, but hey, I very well could be wrong. Uh, I think ultimately, if you don't have one of those guys in the top three, it, it, it's it's probably going to be a little bit of a lesser draft, um, you know. But we never, you never know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Some of these teams could get you know some great talent uh, in that lower end of the first round because there is such a cloudy uh, mix of guys from like ten to twenty five. You know. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Just a few other guys that I really like. Uh, Anthony Black. I'm a big fan of him. Uh, I, I just he think let he's us down. He a did little let bit. He played down. for Arkansas, but I I just think with his playmaking ability, he's six foot six and he's a really good playmaker. Just watching him play with Arkansas, that's a guy who like I could see him just being a really good point guard um, on an NBA team. A little bit like, I, I know he's gotten some like Josh Giddy comparisons, which I think is an interesting one because Josh Giddy also, I think like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, known for his passing. I think that's an interesting comp for Anthony Black, and I, I'm a big fan of him. Another guy that I really love, I came to love a lot during the tournament, was Jordan Hawkins at UConn. Um, in Sam Bassini's, uh draft guide, he has, or his like, uh, Big board. He has him 18th. Um, I think Jordan Hawkins should be higher than 18th. I just think that, you know, his shooting ability, his scoring ability, um, the fact that he's, you know, he won on the biggest stage at UConn in college. I don't know. That that still kind of matters to me. Guys who play really well on a huge stage in college, they win. They're the best player on their team. I, I think he probably was the best player on UConn. I really love Jordan Hawkins. I, I think he should be a lottery pick. I might even think about top 10, uh, depending on the team. So I love Jordan Hawkins. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. It's going to be a really good draft. It's coming up Thursday night. Um, the only other thing that I was thinking about was, you know, with this NBA season, like trying to figure out from the playoffs what we can learn as far as what's important. How do you draft? How do you know, like, there's going to be sleepers that that come about. There's going to be guys that fall late in the first, early second. How do you find those guys? How do you not let them slip through the cracks? I mean, Denver, they had they got Christian Brown, I think, either late first or early second round. I want to say late first round. Last year in the draft, he was a rookie who contributed. I mean, he was like their seventh man, eighth, eighth man, who played some, you know, in certain games, he played big minutes against the Heat, and he was really solid. Um, so who can be... A guy like that who's already kind of an experienced college guy maybe that can kind of step in and contribute right away. And I have a name that is, you know, just standing out to me right now that I'm looking at. And Brandon, if you remember Hami Hawkes at UCLA, I think that is a guy who kind of fits that description. Um, on Sam Bassini's big board, he has him 23. I think Hami Hawkes, I loved watching him at UCLA. He just does so many things well. He's a smart basketball player. Uh, he's a good passer. Um, just like what I think he can contribute to a team as like a really good glue guy, a solid role player coming off the bench for a, a winning team. 
I think Hami Hawkes can contribute in a, in a winning environment. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm excited to see. We got a new whole talent group, 58 picks in this NBA draft. Trevor, is there anything else you want to mention before we wrap up the pod today? Uh, no, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm just excited, uh, you know, for the draft. It's going to be awesome. I always love the NBA draft, just like you love the NFL draft, obviously. That's mm-hmm. when you're probably your favorite day of the entire year. It is the favorite, my favorite um, day. I, I love the NBA draft, so I'm very excited for it. Fair enough. All right, well, we'll, uh, we'll wrap up the pod there for today. Thank you all so much for listening, as always. Um, of course, like, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review if you enjoyed it. And if you didn't, also leave a five-star review because I told you to. Uh, go check out the website, thesmallballers.com. Link is in the description, as well as our Twitter, at the small baller. Um, But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons!